All right. Happy 4th of July weekend, everybody. Hi, my name is Sheena Hunley, and I am so excited to have this time with you this weekend. Hey, before we get started, I just want to let you know, God's going to do some great things this evening. Are you all ready? That's right. Before we get started, I want to take a moment and honor somebody that's very special to, I believe, all of us. Pastor Chris, thank you so much for this opportunity. Yes, thank you. Thank you for leading and loving us, and most importantly, thank you for always unapologetically sharing the Word of God with us week in and week out. Hey, everybody, as one of the pastors here at Faith Promise, I want you to know that I am an owner. Have you ever noticed that there is a really big difference between renting and owning something? Maybe you've already got that situation in your head. You've thought about it. For me, when I was preparing for this, I was thinking of a trip to California that my husband and I took a few years ago. We were flying into San Francisco to see some family, and we were so excited. But if you know, when you're flying in late, when you land and you still have a drive to go, you might want to rest your head. So we decided that we were going to rent a room. Great idea, right? He told me what he paid for the room. I'm like, this is going to be a very, very sweet room. He is really stepping up his game. Well, come to find out, this was during the time Napa Valley and Sonoma were literally on fire. It was very devastating. So really, the room was just price gouging, although his attempt was very nice. We pulled up to a place that you may know, the Holiday Inn. And I said, dear Lord, please let the inside be better than the outside, God. It was not true. I was like, this is where like murder mysteries go. This is for sure. So I dressed in layers. He says that I'm overreacting, which was not true to this day. But I dressed in layers. I slept with eyes wide open. And to put the cherry on top, 7 a.m., what do we hear? Construction going on. I said, dear, time to get up. The roosters are crowing. It's time to get up. So we got in our rental car, and we did what normal adults do without kids. We went to Dave & Buster's before we went. I, 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 there's some fans in the crowd, I could tell. But we went and we had fun. And as we were walking out in the parking lot, from a distance, we saw something around our rental car that did not fit there, which was glass on the ground. Now, if you've ever had that happen to you in your car, like that gut feeling, somebody has violated my stuff. Well, the truth is we didn't care. It was a rental car, right? Thieves can tell this from a barcode, apparently. They know that that is not your car, and they know your valuables are in tow, packed and ready for them to get. So we went, and my husband realized his laptop was missing, right? He's a business owner. That means financial information. That means bids, contracts, all the things I had to hear about that day, which was rightly so, but he owned it, right? That was his laptop, and it was taken. It was very valuable to him. The difference when we rent something is we're not invested. We are not devoted. I, I could have cared less, honestly, that that rental car got hurt. We had insurance. But the fact is, when you own something, you're devoted to it. Next, I just want you to know, what we were talking about the video, we are part of a real love movement. Whether you've been here at Faith Promise for a long time, a short time, or maybe tonight is your first night, welcome if that's you, but you are part of a love movement that is set in motion 26 years ago by founders that saw God moving and they chose to step in. They owned it, they were extreme owners. 
Even before that, though, we see God moving long ago. And we're going to pick up that story in Hebrews 1, 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For our ancestors won God's approval by it. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by God's command, so that what is seen has been made from things that are not visible. Right, and the chapter goes on, verse 11. We know this as the the hall of fame of faith. Right, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, on and on it goes. Joseph, Moses, what on earth made these people think that something was going to come from nothing? That's because they served a God. Ex nihilo spoke things into existence. Through faith, they chose to believe that he was up to something special, that he had a mission that they could be part of or they could sit on the sidelines and watch. They knew that he was a divine owner. And my friends, if you are in a relationship with Jesus today, you belong to God. He is your divine owner. 1 Corinthians 6.19 teaches, Don't you know that your body is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Not there is a negative Greek participle, ok. No, I did not just spit. It's a weird word, but it means, and that phrase can be translated into, you are absolutely not your own. Now, parents, if you're in the crowd with me, If you get, hey, mom, dad, can I have sugar before dinner? (laughs) No, nice try, but the answer is no. Hey, mom, dad, can I be three hours late to curfew? Absolutely not. We know that difference. Absolutely not. So what God is telling us there is we belong to him. And as we see through our ancestors in Hebrews 11, as we see through the founders of Faith Promise Church 26 years ago, God can do supernatural things inside of ordinary people like you and me when we surrender, when we honor the fact that he is our divine owner. This year's verse, right as a church, we're walking through Psalm 90, 17. Let the favor of the Lord, our God, be upon us. And confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. That's our prayer, isn't it? Lord, would you take what we have? Would you turn it into something supernatural? But here's the kicker. He can't do that if we're not honoring him as a divine owner. If we are not joining in what he wants for us. Not only is he the divine owner, but y'all, he has given us everything we need on this mission, right? That's always nice to have when you're called to something. He set in motion that real love movement a long time ago, and he didn't leave us there. He didn't just plop us here and say, good luck. No, he gave us everything that we need. And as extreme owners today, we need to know, just like our time, our money, our schedules, if we own it, it means we are devoted to it, right? Let's just be honest. Whether we like the thought or not, it's true, So I want to go over some of these statements that I've put together today so that we can truly know what being an extreme owner with a divine owner looks like. So our divine owner, he gave us the Bible. Many people have gone before and given given their lives so that we can have this. Extreme owners believe that the Bible is inerrant, meaning all of its contents are fully true. 
Although the 40 original authors of the 66 books of the Bible derive from mankind, the opposite is true about its central theme. God made his will known through history, poetry, letters, prophecy, and gospels. Scripture is a beautiful communication from God about God. Since he is unchanging, the word that he spoke long ago still stands today. The absolute inerrancy view best describes our view of scripture. The content held within the word is completely trustworthy, including scientific and historical evidence that it gives. The Bible is the final source of God's truth, which is in unison with his perfect character. Scripture is God-breathed, and although written by the hands of many men, you are not going to find anything void in there because it has a divine author. God chose man as the vessel. However, there is no human error in that divine text. The completed work of Jesus alone is proof that God's word is true and without fail. Believing in the inerrancy of the Bible is fundamental to our biblical worldview. Although it may not contain every detail, the Bible was transcribed by an infinite God. He never promised to give us all the answers. We simply couldn't handle it. But he did ask that we would hang on to his word and own our faith. 2 Timothy 3.16 really puts this together for us when it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Isn't God good to give us his word? Yes, thank you, Lord. Our divine owner, he gives us the Bible, and then he gives us the church. Extreme owners, church out there. Many people have given their lives and still are giving their lives so that we can be part of this beautiful, beautiful thing that God has set in motion. Extreme owners believe this about the church. They believe that it is in a collection of God's family brought together by the Holy Spirit and a testament of the mighty work of Jesus Christ. It is through the unifying work of the Holy Spirit and how he brings people together in love under Christ that should strike as far from God as mysterious, that real love movement that we were talking about. The church is a supernatural body that is commissioned to fulfill the great commission until the return of its groom, Jesus Christ. That's our mission, church. Whether it is the universal or local church, all believers are knit together under the bond and love of God through his son. The church is divinely empowered by the Holy Spirit in all of its gifts and abilities to demonstrate and reveal the work of Christ to all people. Whether near or far, one day the entire church will appear as one before the Lord in the new Jerusalem. The local church is called to minister to the unique community in place that God has entrusted them. That's you, local church. The universal church is called to band together to stand for peace and injustice and shine her light that will one day usher in Christ's second coming. What a beautiful day that's gonna be. And promisers, mankind is but a messenger, an owner to share the gospel. It is Jesus's role to build up his church as the divine owner. Isn't that good? Thank you, Jesus, for your church. In 1 Corinthians 14, 26, I love this about the church. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done. Some things, everything must be done so that the church can be built up. Recently, I had that Friday feeling going on. You know what I'm talking about? You're out of work. 
He got some stuff done, right? Coming to completion, I was going to party it up with my kids at the park with a pizza. You know, I get wild these days as mom. It's crazy. It's crazy good. But anyways, I pull up into camp in the car line. You know, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Here comes the counselor. I'm like, this is not going to be good. (laughs) What's going on? Which kid is it? And here comes Landon. And to to let you know, I already said, hey, hey, kids, when y'all mess up pretty good, You open up yourselves to be an illustration in mom's sermon. So you're welcome. You're welcome, Landon. This is for you, buddy. So we pull up, and and she, I've never, I've never seen this woman before, and it's good, you know. It's okay. And she says, your son this week, he and his friends, they have been participating in some extracurricular craft activities. And I said, oh, what is it? Well, they've been taking spoons and popsicle sticks, and they've been making sharp objects. I do not take this lightly, okay? I understand. Um, but she, she goes there, and I'm sitting there. I zone out. I said, do I need to go check Netflix? Has he been watching Shawshank Redemption? Has he really gone rogue? And is he watching, like, The Orange is the New Black? What is going on with this child of mine? And I could just feel the nerves coming from Landon in the back seat. But she says this, and it made me stop. She said, if he continues to do this, he is no longer welcome here. And I understand that. But she also said, we do not act like that at a Christian camp. And I said, Lord, why did that hurt so much? Am I taking offense for my child? First thing I wanted to say was, he's a, he's a pastor's kid. Like, they act like this. My best friend is one, and I have to say that because she's here tonight. I love you, Faith. But in all reality, I was like, Lord, what is this? What, why does this hurt? And it, it dawned on me, what if, what if I was lost? What if I didn't know the Lord? What if... That was the only place that I really needed to send him. What kind of impression is that? So faith promise. We have literally, research says, seven seconds to make a first impression. When people come through our doors, what are they met with? Law or love? There's a place for it all. But they need to be met with Jesus, right? We love you too much to leave you where you are, but that is not the first impression we want to give you. Thank you, Lord, for your church. Our divine owner, he gives us the Bible. He gives us the church. And then he gives us mentors and spiritual mothers and fathers to pour into us. I don't know about you guys. I can get frozen in fear. I can get frozen. I can stay stuck there. There's some days where I don't want to move. There's some days where I really feel like I've hit the lid, right? I've I've become all that I can be. Let's just buckle down now, God. Let's just put it in first gear. I'm good here. And the Lord says, no, I have not called you to that. But what he has called us in moments like that, he's called us to drop our pride, to let other people in, right? He gave us the Bible. We see this in Moses and Jethro in Exodus 18, Eli and Samuel, 1 Samuel 1 through 4, Jesus and his disciples, Luke 9, Barnabas and Paul, Acts 9 through 15. We need people to pick us up, to dust us off, to speak some truth, and to disciple us, to pour into us, to mentor to us. I recently uh, had the privilege of speaking to an amazing woman. And you know some of those conversations you have, you just, it's supposed to be 30 minutes, it turns to an hour and a half, and that was this type of meeting. This woman, as we progressed in our conversation, she was sharing a little bit about her past with me. It was one, she was raised by a single, single mom, And then, of course, her dad was nowhere to be found. Her dad 
come to find out, had 27 kids. Now, I'd say if you have 27 kids, you are busy, you know, not in the ways you should be. So she was bitter, right? She had a hard heart. She couldn't understand why. Like, that is just astronomical. And then she spoke to a mentor of hers who said, honey, you are focused right here. You are literally focused right here. You are focusing on all the wrong things that you literally cannot open up and you cannot see clearly to what's around you. She took his advice. She started digging, okay, where did my daddy come from? Daddy came from a mama who acted like her daddy. His mama came from a mama who acted like her. And now we find ourselves four generations deep to a grandmother who owned a brothel. And all of a sudden, she could see clearly. She didn't have to accept or like the choices that her dad made, but she could see where it came from. And you know what she said? I get it. I, for, I choose to forgive. I choose to be different in the name of Jesus. She now serves in the Compassion Coalition, one of the best nonprofits, in my opinion, in Knoxville. She has a master's degree in social work from UT. She is an East Knoxville native speaking to boys and girls in a community who need to know there is more for you. You are worth it. In the name of Jesus, be set free. That's right. Thank you, Lord. That speaks to why we need to allow people in, y'all. Can we just let our pride go? Can we just say we don't have it all together? Seasoned saints in the group. Who are we speaking to? Not just your peers. Multi-generational. The next leaders. The next church spiritual leaders. Let's rise up. Church body. Who do we need to open our minds and our hearts to? The welcome tables, I promise you, you go out there, you find somebody with a staff lanyard, we will get you with somebody. Because at Faith Promise, we believe in giving people opportunities to the max. We can and people will achieve their full potential here in the name of Jesus and he will get all of the glory. Thank you, Lord. Being a renter is not the goal. We don't rent to own here at Faith Promise because we know the gimmick. And we stand on a divine owner and we believe that his ways are beautiful, they are pure, and they are the way that we should go. And that brings us back to Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 16. Right? Those men and women of faith. These all died in faith without having received promises. But they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Does anybody feel like an alien in this earth some days? I know I do. Now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But they now desire a better place, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Being a renter is not the goal. That which, which is internal is what extreme owners are seeking. In a place where we can feel so out of pocket, God has called us on mission to be here for a purpose with real people, with real problems, to find real love. Hey, I'm an owner. I want you to know that. I'm an owner. I stood on the faith of my parents for only so long, and then it ran out. Maybe students... If there's any out there, guys, 
There's some point where we have to stand on our own. Those statements I read to you is because we have to know as extreme owners what we're fighting for, what we've been called to do, what our commands are to be. I'm an owner, but that doesn't make me better than you. That just means I'm bought in. I have lived the way that I wanted to live in life. It got me so far. I choose Jesus. I'm invested because our mission is the only one worth dying for. After all, didn't our Christ think so? It is worth every part of us. I'm in the Faith Promise family. Anybody happy to be part of the Faith Promise family? My walk has been strengthened as a daughter of this house. My marriage has been nurtured. There have been people to speak over us. There has been people that have set us straight in times that we needed. Two of our three children have been saved and baptized here, even the one that builds shanks. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Heal of Jesus. We have some of the best people on the planet here every weekend across our campuses as a local church. God's real love movement is alive and active here. May we not take it for granted. A few years ago, I was uh, part of launching a nonprofit, and I, I really loved it. Um, and it was so special. God called me during that time to seminary. I didn't quite understand it, but what he revealed to me during that time was where he wanted me to go next. He revealed to me what the local church was to him. He revealed to me that it was part of his redemption and his reconciliation plan, and he wanted me to join that. Now, I'm not saying that you're called to vocational ministry like I am, but what I'm telling you is you're called. You're called to do something. You are a kingdom builder. Maybe you've sat in a room where somebody was dying. Maybe you have had somebody dear to you die, and you remember that last conversation, that last thing they said to you. Those last words are very important. Jesus' last words to us were the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. We should take it very seriously because our Savior does. It's what God has called us to do. He's given us everything we need to be extreme owners in the mission that he created, the real love movement that he created 26 years ago, the local church that he created here at Faith Promise. I believe in his church. I pray that you do too. I believe that we can carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. We've been passed the keys from our ancestors, from extreme owners that has come before us. We have got to own it and pick up our mantle. Promisers, why rent when we can own? What God, our divine owner, has given us, why? Extreme owners live in the window and mirror principle. The window, they look out and they see hey, everything's going well with my family. I'm giving my time. I'm pouring into my spouse. I'm leading my kids the way that I need to be. I'm pouring into my ministry. I'm pouring into the area that I get to call a job, right? I'm working for the glory of God, not man. I'm serving. I'm connected, right? And when all is thriving, they can sit there and say, all glory to God. When things aren't, they can look in the mirror and they see, Hey, we're 25% people down from pre-COVID numbers with serving. We cannot reach more people if we're not willing to accept them when they come in. If your marriage is failing, if something's going on, life happens, guys. 
But we don't sit there as victims, we're owners, we're victors. We look in the mirror and we say, God, what can I do to impact this situation? What can I do to honor this? Now all across our rooms, we all have a next step to take with Jesus in what he's called us on mission. So all across our room, if you just wanna step in and just say, God, I'm an extreme owner in your kingdom, will you please raise your hand for me? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. All right, put them down. I'm gonna pray that the Holy Spirit would seal that in this time, okay? Jesus, thank you so much. Heavenly Father, divine creator. Lord, thank you for the mission that we get to be part of it. Across the room, God, people just standing and saying, hey, I want to take a more extreme part in what you've given me. Lord, may we stand on your word unapologetically. May we love without borders. May we do it in our home, in our relationship with you, in everything that we touch. God, may people see Christ in us first. Lord, I pray that you would just be honored. Thank you so much for this time, Jesus.